Today and welcome to Right on Track, the podcast where we discuss all things matter, Thomas the Tank Engine and the Railway Series. My name is Tom Denham, but never fear, I am not joined alone. Accompanied with me today on this magical journey into the nether, I am joined by Connor Jonas. And Tom Parry, the other Tom. Yes, indeed. We are chuffing and chugging our way through Series 3 of Thomas the Tank Engine and having an ecstatic 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 and elated time mm. i just got excited with my words then because yeah 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 you did <laughs> series three is a wonderful season it and it's is. enough to make me excited about anything so i'm happy to be here to say the least we all are let's be honest oh yeah it's like this is probably one of our favorite things to do i know it's certainly mine uh talking all things thomas and especially recording it with my two fine friends here Definitely. Stop it. Oh, oh yeah. Shucks. Oh. You're going to make me blush. Drinks later. Um, <laughs> but uh, we've got a wonderful show in store for you guys today. Uh, we are covering three episodes, and they are... They are, Connor, Diesel Does It Again, Henry's Forest, and The Trouble With Mud. Yes. Fantastic. Um, uh, we're, of course, going to be covering all things in the background and inspiration for them all, so... I say we get right into the first clip, which is... It is Diesel Does It Again, the very first clip we're playing, and we are being introduced to the Devious Engine for only the second time in Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. That's right, yeah. Mm. Percy and Duck have been working hard at the harbour, and uh, they're feeling tired, and the Fat Controller promises uh, to bring them another engine uh, to come to their assistance, but it comes as a bit of a terrifying reveal when this engine comes out of the shadows. It came as a shock when he did. Good morning, squirmed Diesel in his oily voice. The two engines had not worked with Diesel for a long time. What are you doing here? gasped Duck. Your worthy fat uh, Sir Topham Hatt sent me. I hope you are pleased to see me. I am to shunt some dreadfully tiresome trucks. Shunt where? said Percy suspiciously. Where? Why from here to there? purred Diesel. And again from there to here. Easy, isn't it? So, Diesel is back. Mm, yeah, back in black. And he's got a brand new voice as well. Yes, he as, does. Yeah. As Michael Angelus has brought him along, he's gotten more oily in mm. what he said. Uh, yes. More uh, sly. Yeah, but yeah. there are a fair few references, of course, because this is the first time that Diesel has returned since uh, Series 1. Se- as se- Season 2. Well, yeah. Ooh. As a character. Oh, true. Because he has appeared as a cameo like in uh, Missing Christmas Tree where he was just there for some reason. Mm. Uh, But, you know, it's his first proper role since he was sent away after dirty work and all the galloping sausages there. Mm. Um, Yummy. 
Yeah, de- definitely. Um, and there are plenty of throwbacks there in that little monologue he has. Like, he refers to the fat controller, first of all, and then quickly corrects himself. Yeah, are you a worthy fat? Oh, it's the top of my hat, mm-hmm. yes. It's quite uh, nice. But for those who haven't seen the episode, uh, Duck and Percy are working hard at the harbour. They start to get exhausted because there's just so much work. Diesel then arrives to help out, and Percy and Duck go on strike because they don't want to work with Diesel because he's devious and mean. Diesel then pushes some China clay cars into the sea and he's sent away and Duck and Percy get to work again. They do. And they go on strike at some point, don't they? Yeah, they, they go on strike as um, Diesel arrives and we, 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 we're not going to work with him. Mm. I love that bit where they're talking to the fat controller about it and then Duck pauses for a little bit and kind of softly says... Didn't you send him packing? Yeah, you, you, yeah. You, you said you, you said you sent him packing, sir. Yeah. And, and I, in, in that little scene there, it makes my heart stop for Duck because Duck has obviously been traumatised by Diesel because not only did Diesel spread these lies about him, he then sent he then got Duck sent away to Edward Station, which then caused Duck to be chased by a whole bunch of trucks crash into a barber shop, have a close shave, and then uh, the fat controller says, yeah, I sent Diesel away. And we mentioned when we covered that episode on how it's never actually like brought up since, um, you know, like resolved that conflict. Mm. But because it was just, oh, yeah, I sent him packing. That was it. So it, it, it's it's nice to have Duck acknowledge how that conflict wasn't resolved by going, you know, you said you sent him packing. Well, mm. What's happening? Right. We should also mention as well that Diesel made only the one appearance in the Railway series. In yes. In Duck and the Diesel Engine. And this particular story has been adapted from one of Andrew Brenner's magazine stories. Uh, actually, two of them. Two of them. One of oh, them. Really? Yeah, one of them being Trouble in the Harbour and the other one being Bumps. Mm. Um, Andrew Brenner, and that is a big pattern that we're definitely going to be seeing a lot more. I've already started to see it, yeah. Yeah, Mm. on how basically all the episodes that aren't part of the Railway series are adapted from magazine stories by Andrew Brenner. Hmm. I think it's also worth mentioning that Diesel, even though he's featured so prominently in the marketing and the merchandise for Thomas and Friends, he only makes fleeting appearances throughout the live-action episodes. Yes. Mm. Because after this, he makes appearances in Mavis and... uh, None of Series 4. Well, he's not in Series 4. Series 5, he doesn't appear either. Or at least we don't see his face. Then we see the world's strongest engine. Yes, so yeah. he comes back in season six. So we're looking at like ten years mm. between proper Diesel episodes. And the thing is, is that he still somehow becomes such a major character. Mm. And I would put that purely down to he's the only true antagonist. Mm. Like, like you know, we, we've had accidents, we've had strikes, but he's the only one that appears to actually have malicious intent. Mm. I think they're far and few, and I think there's only a few other exceptions that kind of fall under that category. And again, they only ever appear once or twice within the show's history. Like, I think of Bulgy and George and Scruffy as other antagonists, kind of in a similar category to Diesel, where they have such a staple on a particular character or Bullstrode. story. Yeah, Bullstrode mm. as well. Um, 
and their legacy, if you put it that way, uh, definitely definitely stands the test of time um, for the fans watching. Yeah. yeah, I'd use the word infamy even. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but let's talk about the episode. Well, there's not really much to talk about, is there? It's, it's all like all takes place in the harbour there. Yep. It's all about politics. There's no well, there is an accident towards the end with these yes, and some yes, trucks, which but... is actually recreated in series nineteen mm-hmm. for Diesel's ghostly Christmas, the first uh, two part story. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. How about that? Yeah, but um, like as as you say, Parry, there. Isn't that much happening? But I will say this episode has got a few nice things with it. Um, there's lots of moving, so you can see, you know, crates being lifted by cranes, then engines moving around. It's very interesting for what to watch, even from a train spotting point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, I mean, Michelangelo's narration and George Carlin's, they even pay homage a lot to. Uh, Ringo's narration with mm. the rolling R's, you know, pushing tracks. Yes. Mm. It's quite nice. Yes. I get a lot of Tugs vibes from this episode. Is it the ships in the harbour? Mainly. Mm. But mainly. a lot of the same props as well, like mm. Big Mickey appears here for the first time. Yes. Um, main reason why is because, and some people may not know this, especially if they're not um, dedicated fans of the show and mainly listening to this for nostalgia reasons, mm. but... There was a sister show to Thomas and Friends called Tugs, uh, which was basically the same as Thomas, except it was focused on a fleet of tugboats. And it covered a fair few darker themes in the show, such as in one of the episodes, a submarine is going to be retired and blown up because he is a piece of military property. Oh, so, wow. so, so it's you know a it's bit great viewing. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great viewing, but that only lasted basically for half a season. It only had twelve or thirteen episodes. Yes, yeah, thirteen episodes all up. Yeah, and then after that, because they were produced by the same people, such as David Mitten, uh, Rob Gorgulias, Stephen Asquith. Yep, um, a lot of the props were reused in Thomas. Um, so there's a little bit of background for you. Probably the most famous one is the big grey crane, uh, known in Tugs as Big Mickey and then named in Series 21? Yes. A uh, mm. new crane on the dock in Thomas and Friends, and that prop has been used the whole time. But mm. um, another interesting thing about this episode, there's a scene where Duck... Diesel and Percy are in the shed. I'm glad you're mentioning this because I wanted to bring this up. Okay, brilliant. And what happens is that Diesel bumps Percy. Now, it is stated in the narration, Diesel's driver had not set the brakes properly, so he bumped Percy. Mm. But that bumping Diesel appears to have of other engines is carried on to the show, like in Springtime for Diesel, where Mm. he bumps Daisy and bumps, trucks, and so on. It's become a staple of his character from this one scene. Mm. Mm. And it's the first time we've ever had any mention of a driver of a diesel engine. Yes. Because prior to that, it was just assumed that diesel was autonomous. Mm. Because there was no mention made of his crew or a driver or anything like that. They're not that revolutionary. (laughs) I know they're not that revolutionary, but you would think... Uh, given all the things Diesel has said, that because he talks about being able to do things all on his own and not needing to show off and that kind of thing, mm. what 
human listens to their engine and says, yes, that's a good idea. Let's be arrogant and boastful, <laughs> you know. Didn't we see Daisy's crew, though? We did see Daisy's dri- Well, we see Daisy's driver in season four. We hear about her We, 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 we do see two. them in the cab. Yes. Yes. That's They're true. There. Yes. So mm. they do exist, but... She's more of a diesel electric, but whilst diesel's a horrible, evil, smelly BRO8. Yes, <laughs> that's racist. Oh, <laughs> dieselist, actually. Mm. Um, now, I've got a question for you guys. Yeah. Because diesel pushes the trying to clay trucks into the sea. Mm. And this is the harbour. Where he pushes them in, is that the same pier from Percy Takes the Plunge? It could well be, only that it's been raised on Yeah, this and occasion. rebuilt, yes. of course. Do you reckon they would have fixed it? Well, I... they would have to have fixed it, because they wouldn't leave it there after an engine set an accident. Yeah. Very true. But even like that, they didn't do a good job, because mm. the buffers weren't secured properly. Mm. However, that does mean that it was probably quite new, if an unsecured buffers have occurred. But then, e- even when he pushes them into the sea... He's pushing, like, five trucks or something. Yes. Mm. And that's, you know, a good, how many metres? Like, 30, 40 metres long? Anyway, one truck goes in, then the next, then the next, and he doesn't stop until he himself is about to go in. Well, the same thing happened, in fairness, with Bullstrode. I mean, you know... Percy pushed some trucks through the set of buffers, and then, yeah, by the time Percy realised what had happened, he was teetering over the edge. But we can see that Diesel is smiling as this happens. But then we see his surprised face afterwards. It's like, whoops. What have I done? I I didn't mean to do that. (laughs) You done quacked up. That's what's happened, son. You know what I think this scene is missing, which I would have loved as a kid, but as an older viewer now, what I think this scene definitely needed is Bill and Ben to be there and go, how dare you, like, get rid of our China class? And, like, like, I mean, we know they have got some kind of relationship because they were seen next to each other in Missing Christmas Tree. Yes. And and in uh, one of our previous episodes, Gordon and the Famous Visitor, they're seen... Uh, Bill and Ben are either side of Diesel. Yes. Seeing the, visiting the city of Truro. Yes. Mm. So we know that they do have some kind of existence. They know of each other. Yeah. Mm. Have, have they ever actually interacted in the show before? Um, I know one of the twins has interacted with Diesel in a Sharon Miller era episode. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> there we speak her name. I, th- I, 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 I think... <laughs> The premise of the story is Thomas goes to a tunnel that's been worked on. Ben doesn't want to go in because Diesel tells him it's scary. Ah. Ah, uh, yeah. I think yeah. I know what you're on about. And but at the same time, it's nice to see the twins, like, as individuals. Yeah, mm. yeah. Much like Donald and Douglas instead of being part of the same package. Mm-hmm. So... Well, oh, well, but before we get into ratings, okay. I do want to raise something here because we... Mentioned during the first season how Percy's face mask was often inserted onto Thomas's. Yes. In here, the opposite happens. We see one of Thomas's exhausted face masks fa- placed on uh, Percy's body. Mm. Yes, mm. that is true. And I believe this is one of the only times that we actually see Duck's exhausted face mask, yes. at least yeah. with the rosy cheeks. Mm. So it, it, that that is a good point to bring up on how even though they have got a bigger budget, mm. heck, they made the city of Truro completely from scratch for mm. a 30-second scene, basically, mm. and 
then they're still reusing faces. Mm. Did they have no one in charge of continuity? Um, there was actually a continuity officer on the show. Okay. In the credits, you can find him. Right, so he, he probably was sacked after this episode, I imagine. Um, With um, the signalman. <laughs> With the signalman. And actually, like, there's been no staff error in this episode, apart from maybe Diesel's driver. So, yeah, yeah ratings. Ooh, I am leading towards a 6 out of 10, but only because the story is centred in the one place. Right. And, and they don't really do, I, I don't know, enough with the setting, I believe. But okay. Mind, mind you, we get to see some impressive uh, model work here. We yep. get to see diesel shunting trucks into the sea. We get to see boxes flying everywhere. That's yep. always fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. Denim? Yeah, I'm probably leaning towards a 5.5, like... I enjoy it, but I don't rave about it. Yeah, I, I'm going with the 5.5 as well. It's ha- Yeah, having yeah. said that, I think it's interesting. At this point in time, I think Diesel's return is responsible for his constant coming back since. Yes. And I think if we yes. hadn't had this episode, Diesel would have just existed in season two. Yeah, I agree with all points there. And as you say, there's wonderful model work, such as when... Diesel pushes the trucks and boxes fly everywhere, and then he goes, "Ooh, you know, you two aren't going to tell on me. I'll, I'll just be as arrogant and rude yeah, and too devious." Goody, goody telltale. I know, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but you're being a bit of a quack. So, yeah. but like, have you noticed we're starting to use quack as a, a yeah insult? Yeah. Mm. Go quack yourself. Anyways, oh. we're moving on to the next episode now. And that is... Henry's Forest. Wonderful. So this is another magazine-based story, and in the intro we learn about Henry's love of the forest, and when we come to this clip here, we're diving into the real conflict of the episode. The engines were resting in the shed. Listen, said Thomas. Can you hear a strange whistling sound? It's the wind blowing outside our shed, replied Toby, but I've never heard it like this before. Do you know, added James, if Gordon wasn't here now, I'd say it was him thundering by with the express. All the engines laughed, except Henry. I hope the wind won't harm the forest. As it happens, the wind does harm the forest and there is a lot of damage done. Yeah, it's probably the most devastating and damage scene that we've seen in the show so far. So far. It's mm. interesting. We were talking about natural disasters in the previous episode. Um, I think the episode before, my apologies. Mm. Um, and we haven't seen anything on this big of a scale before. So to see the forest with trees all torn out of the ground mm. is quite, yeah, there is a harrowing image about it. Yes, but as you mentioned, Parry, this is based on another magazine story, only one this time, uh, which is called Clearing Up, again by Andrew Brenner, which has got the forest and Trevor and Terence cleaning it up and mm. so on. And this episode raised a lot of controversy with none other than the creator of Ooh. Thomas the Tank Engine at the time because he argued that no railway would have their vegetation so close to the track. Yes. I mean, we're looking at some of the images here, and there are tree trunks which have snapped right next to railway lines. Yes. Hmm. Now, it's quite interesting that you bring this up, and this episode is most well-known for the Reverend's detest of it. 
Um, and he brought up three main points, which I've got here. One is the infamous Rule 55, uh, which is an engine stopping in the middle of the tracks, not near a signal where an unaware locomotive could crash into it and cause an accident. Mm. Um, another one, as you mentioned, Parry, trees being too close to the tracks, which could cause a fire if soot and sparks from their funnel land nearby. And the third one is an engine not being interested in scenery. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure about that last one. That that last one, I'm not too sure about either. And But funnily enough, Britt Allcroft did actually uh, combat this, but only the second point by saying on how many real-life railways do have some of their trees being quite close to the railway line. Like, I mean, the railway where you work, Denham, uh, mm. the Puffing Billy Railway, it is surrounded by forest at 90% of it. Yeah, absolutely. But with that said, the trees there remain a great distance from the track, and in summer to prevent, you know, spot fires, bushfires, they actually run the diesel engines instead rather than o- over the steam engines. That's correct. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, coming back on Rule 55, though, I mean, th- those are beautiful shots of Henry just parked in the middle of the railway line, admiring the forest. But, yeah, if another train were to come along. And oh, it's a yeah. busy railway line, too. I mean, we've got three tracks there. Yes. We'll see B-roll of it in I, another I, episode I of the season. I actually believe it may have four tracks. It's got three main yeah, line tracks. Yeah, there's three main line. I, oh, I think there's, there's some one, kind of loop line yeah, or there's siding. There's side. Yeah. 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 Um, but as we say with Rule 55 on how it seems, you know, dangerous, where Henry stops, and as we can see in wider shots, there is a signal box right next to him. Mm. And assumably this signal box will be in charge of all the points around this area mm. and determining where these unaware locomotives go. That is a fair point. But coming back on to the second point that Reverend Audrey made, the other danger of having trees close to the tracks is not just the cinders starting fires, it's not just the they fall over, but also because when trees grow, they don't just grow up, they grow out. And as they grow out, it sort of makes its way onto the railway tracks and can potentially, you know, warp them, the stalk them. Hazard, yeah. 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 But we, we've we've spoken about the um, arguments of the episode. Mm. Let's talk about the actual story of the episode. Mm. So, um... There's not a lot of meat to it. There, there, there's not a lot of meat, but it mm. still appears to be one of the most loved ones. So, Bar- uh, Barry... G'day, Barry. Uh, g'day, g'day, mate. Sorry, How's I going? Thought, oh, I, you good things. <laughs> sorry, I thought you were a scrap island for locomotives. No. Parry, give us a rundown. So, the rundown is we learn about Henry's love of the forest, there's the great storm... Everything is blown away. Henry's left really sad. And then Toby comes up with the idea of a revegetation project. So planting new trees so that the forest can rejuvenate. Yes. That's it. Mm. Yeah. And, and like, as, as you mentioned, not a lot of meat to it. Yeah. But we do I get think to there s- is. Uh, well, we do get to see Henry's softer side in this one as well. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, the, the more sensitive side of Henry. And of course, he gets to interact with Terence and Trevor, who are rarely ever seen in the railway series. But in the TV series, they've incorporated them more and more mm. into the story. Mm. And it would make sense because they're both well-known for working on farmland, pulling away trees. Heck, mm. even in Trevor's flashback in his introduction episode, we saw him pulling logs. So yes. it, yeah. it is definitely part of their craft. Mm. Um, but one of my most um, sort of 
interests about this episode is on how it has become a staple in the fan base, at least, for Henry to love trees and love mm. forests, even though this is the only time it ever seems to be mentioned. Like, uh, it's mentioned a few times and played up. He's afraid of water. He's afraid of rain. He's afraid of a lot of things. Yes, mm. he is. However, his love of trees is only ever really mentioned here, mm. but it's become such a staple of his character. Mm. I think so. Yes. Um, But the production of the episode, we've got wonderful set of the forest. Oh, it's absolutely astonishing what all, they've done. Yeah, all mm. the trees. Um, Even at the end, we get some massive views of it. Um, You've got the storm sequence. There's got the doors of the shed mm-hmm. shaking. And we get a really good look of the inside of the shed, which you were talking about before, Denim. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things about this season is uh, we have two different interiors of Timur's sheds. Mm. Um, the first of which we see here, which is... Um, have we seen the interior of Timur's sheds in prior we saw seasons? It, not in prior seasons, but we saw it briefly in Thomas Percy and the Dragon. And we saw another shed roughly in Donald's Duck. That we did. And I think it might have been the same shed, actually. It would have been Tidmouth as well. Yeah. Mm. So it's interesting to see inside for the first time and to see how big it actually is. Mm. Yes, and speaking of big, because uh, Tidmouth sheds, it's well known to have six berths yep. in it, roughly. However, the interior of this shed has eight to nine at times, mm. which is really confusing. And cons- it's been refurbished as well, because in this one it's quite industrial, this episode, I should say. We've got steel pillars sticking up there, but in the next one it's sort of like an open floor plan. We've got these fancy ventilators above the engines. Yes. Mm. So it... it I, I don't know how many sheds that they made for this. Well, we know that in Railway Series lore, there's not just the one big engine shed. I mean, we've got Tidmouth yes. as well, but we've also got one at the other end of the line. You've got Napford, yes. you've got and... the Farquhar. Mm. I'd say there's one at Craven's Gate and maybe Brendam as well. Yeah, yes. it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but probably the most interesting thing is on how this variation and the... Uh, other one you mentioned, Parry, with the ventilation units mm. above it, they seem to be very railway series. Yeah, it's mm. very much like the Clive Spong illustrations that you see in Christopher Audrey's stories. Um, that uh, situation where you have the turntable in the middle and all the tracks going outwards. Um, it's not necessarily like that, but the aesthetic is quite similar. Mm. The one other thing we should mention with Tidmouth Sheds in this particular episode, because that set is so small, they had to remove the tenders of the bigger engines in order to fit them into oh, the really? space. Yes, yes you mean, can actually see it, uh, especially in the restored versions with the wider shots. Mm. Yeah, in the clip we just showed there, for example, when we saw the shot of James, we saw Henry in the background without his tender. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I'd never noticed that. But by far, my favourite thing about this episode is the music. Very uh, tran- tran- yeah. tranquil. Tranquil. Mm. It, it, it's probably the best relaxing music the show's ever made. Mm. And it's definitely what I feel drives home all the points in this episode. When Henry's at the lumber mill, you know, taking all the old trees away, you have, you know, like a a very sad rendition. But then at the end of the episode, when 
the you know the animals are coming back and every now and again Henry can hear children laughing and mm. playing you've got probably the most beautiful music going with some wonderful views mm. and like I mean the I, cinematography I, as well is great yes. yeah it, it's not overly elaborate but mm. what it's got it's done well mm. and probably rating wise for that I'm going to give it a 7 for that okay I'm feeling slightly less generous. Okay. I'm, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. A 5? Yeah, it's five. not It's not one of those I just find myself yearning to return to. It's just like, if it's on, I'll watch it. But otherwise, <laughs> nah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, it's a crowd pleaser. I enjoy it as well. Like, I agree as well. It definitely has some nice shots. It has some beautiful music. I like that they really um, utilise this music in Series 4. Mm. I think in um, Grandpa. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this episode has lots of love and it's a later influence to later episodes. Um, and it definitely taps into a side of Henry's character that we haven't seen before. So I'm going to give it a, a hearty six. Hearty six. Five, so, six, seven. Five, six, and seven. Nice. Okay. Uh, now are we moving on to our musical interlude? That is correct, Connor. It is time for our musical interlude and we thought we might play for you... A little bit of the music from Henry's Forest. Denim, you've actually uncovered this one for us. Yeah, I found this a little while ago. This is an orchestral cover of uh, Henry's Forest. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have the correction of the pronunciation. Uh, I did German. Oh, really? In high school. So the name of the producer is Lisch Warten. Lisch Warten. Lisch Warten. And this is the orchestral cover that they have created of... Henry's Forest. the instrumental of Henry's Forest by Lish Varten. Like, I mean, just for the music, we're we're just going to give that little song there, as Denim said, a 10 out of 10. That's (laughs) a beautiful rendition, and, oh, it's so relaxing and tranquil. But we're moving away from the forest and now to the ground with the next episode. Uh, And that is, Parry? The episode is The Trouble With Mud. Now, we're changing gears a bit here. It's a Gordon-focused story, and in the clip we're showing here, a very muddy Gordon is being told that he needs a washdown by his driver. Come on, Gordon, said his driver. 
You'll feel better after a good hose down. Pah! said Gordon and angrily let off steam. You're a very naughty engine, said Gordon's driver. Now James will need another shower. You'll have to wait your turn till later. Good riddance, huffed Gordon. I'm far too busy to waste time with water. He finished his journey safely and steamed into the big station. The fat controller was waiting. So were Gordon's coaches and the passengers. Goodness gracious, said the fat controller. You can't pull the train. Henry will have to do it. Gordon, you'd better get clean straight away. He is absolutely filthy, and that's not something we ever see ever again in Gordon's character. Just this feeling that I don't need to be clean because I'm, you know, everyone loves me anyway. It's very left-wing for his character. It is. It is, because in future episodes, he's like, I must be clean, I have to be clean, because I'm an important express engine. Yeah, and, like, I... We have never seen a situation arise where he's refused to wash down, so I personally like to think that this is his character arc of him going, maybe I do need to shower every now and again instead of B.O., no. So, <laughs> train B.O. Wow. Uh, I'm just trying to imagine what the stench would be like. Uh, well, if you've ever sat next to a homeless person on public transport, I imagine it smells like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But I'm far not more that industrial. Bad. But... No, hang on. Hang on. Well, well, hold on, Connor. You're not homeless. True. If anyone looks homeless here, it's me. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, you have got a massive, fabulous beard. Oh, thank you. Beard. I watched it this morning. <laughs> beard. But, uh, yes. Nick th- Kelly. <laughs> uh, this episode, uh, The Trouble with Mud, is actually based off a railway series story. In part, yes. It's based off of Leaves, which appeared in the book Gordon the Big Engine, but the clip we just heard there, that's an entirely original. That's been written by the show's staff. Yes, and it's not even based on any magazine this time, which is a change. It's, it's interesting, change, yeah. yeah. And in the original book, it follows on from Off the Rails. So Gordon was going through a redemption phase, and we see that, in a sense, in the rest of the story, because once he's cleaned, he's made the shunt trucks, and James says, you know, trucks will be trucks, Gordon, just settle down. And later on, James is pulling the express, and Gordon has to help him up the very same hill where he got stuck all those years ago. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that that's basically the story. Uh, mm. Gordon doesn't want to be washed because he's too important to be clean. Mm. Uh, then he's told off for not being clean, and then James needs to take express train mm. and there's a lot of leaves on Gordon's Hill so James can't get up. Yes, it's them. autumn, it's been stormy so the leaves are on the track and the leaves they don't grip. Correct. Yeah, you, they, you just slide along the rails. Yes. And what I find most like probably the most exciting thing about this episode is this is the only appearance of Gordon's Hill in series 3. Is it now? Yeah. It is, wow. yeah. It's it, when, when you talk about that, it's a character arc that I didn't even realise in Gordon, that he had this experience so many years ago with Edward and now he's doing the same thing for James. Mm. It's quite nice. It is quite nice. And we've also got to mention there's another Gordon the Big Engine story which has been incorporated into this one, and that's Paint Pots and Queens. 
Yes, uh, slightly. In which Thomas says the line, please, sir, can Gordon pull coaches again? Yes. Mm. Mm. And, and it's sort of um, working off of their dynamic that they developed in Down the Mine. Yeah. You know, an alliance. You help me, I help you. Yeah. Uh, united we stand together, we fall. Exactly. Yes. Um, but the event of an engine falling down a hill due to leaves mm. is actually inspired by a real event mm. uh, that occurred at Bincombe Tunnel where a train wasn't able to move due to the leaves and needed a little bit of an extra push. Simple as that? Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. simple as that. And really, this episode isn't too extravagant. Um, well, well, then again, those mud effects are pretty impressive. Yeah, a, a, pa- apart from the mud <laughs> and the leaves yes. everywhere, mm. um, like they literally coated models like of figures and these electronic engines with what I can only... Hope is melted chocolate. Oh, self-sourcing pudding, maybe. Self-sourcing yeah. pudding. Mm. Yeah. Or mud. They they could have just gotten mud. Mm. Well, if that's true, then the human models have gone through much more stress <laughs> because there's this really great shot of, um, <laughs> of uh, Gordon's driver with mud splattered across his face. Yeah, it's like it a looks perfect hilarious. half mm. cut of it. Yeah. I, I, I think this is done very well. It has been done very well. You know, it's visually impressive. Like, seeing James having mud sprayed all over him is one of the most iconic images mm. of Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. I love the transition of that. You see the steam rays and the steam comes down again and he's covered. And his yeah. face has changed as well. So yeah. he's got his surprised face and then his angry. You know, angry face. And we also get to see James's slightly smug face for the first time. Yeah. You know, the yeah, one yeah. where he's got his eyes half closed and he's got that half smile. He's kind of pouting a little. He's like, I, I call it the why hello. Yeah, hello, ladies. <laughs> uh, but we also get a little bit of impressive camera work when Gordon arrives at Knapford Station. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, we've got the shot where he pans down along his passenger train and you can hear like the hubbub of the station as well. Yes, hubbub pas- is such a good word. There's passengers chattering away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's a beautiful shot. And I, I think I've said before, season three has some of the best camera work in oh, the show. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, but there isn't really that much, apart from the mud effects and the camera. And the leaves. Uh, yeah, and the leaves. So the special effects and that tiny bit of camera work. Mm-hmm. And maybe that Gordon character arc, which we're not too sure about whether it really existing, because mm. it's something that's never been discussed before about Gordon, and then we never see it again. Mm. Having said that, one of my favourite scenes in this episode is when Gordon's getting washed down, and he's got the soap all over him, and he's going, mind my eyes, as uh, uh, workmen climb all over him. Mm, yeah. And that's a line which has been taken from the original story as well, although altered a bit, because yeah. in the original story, he's being hosed down, and he goes, mind my eye. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, only one. Only one. Yes, as we know that um, the the eyes that we see on the engines aren't actually real. Uh, no. Their eye is actually situated at their coupling hook. So there's a fun fact for you. But ratings for this episode, guys, before I confuse you anymore. Yeah, you're, I'm very confused yeah, right me too. now. I really, really enjoy this episode, actually. Really? C- yes, I do, because it's visually distinctive. It's got those iconic images in there. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Okay, Denim. Yeah, I enjoy this episode. It isn't one I run and hug immediately, but I enjoy it nonetheless. So I'm going to give it, I guess, a very certain five. Oh, okay, oh. okay. I'm, 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 I'm feeling a little bit better now, Denim. 
Um, I give it a four out of ten. I be- I beg you, pardon. Uh, you uh, can't uh, catch uh, that. A, a four. A four. Uh, yeah, like I mean, oh. it, it it's. What is wrong with you two? <laughs> Quite a lot. Too many to list. Honestly, but... I'm just looking forward to Escape though. Oh yeah, but mm. but that that's in the second half, and we've still got. Well, this is episode nine of series, not nine, ten. Episode of, ten of, of, of the of third series, season, yeah. Which means that we have now got, what, another three podcast episodes to do before we get to it? Four. Four. Three, three or four. Oh, no. Yeah. But far away. The, the, the reason why is that only really most extravagant thing about the episode is a five-second camera shot, mm. which honestly could be done in any episode. Yeah. What, oh. like, like, I mean, we saw much better ones in Wrong Road. Yeah. Mm. And, and the but the distinctive thing about this episode is the mud and leaves. Yeah. And the mud, like, I mean, it looks cool, and they had a little bit of nice camera work with James shocked and then annoyed. And the driver. Yeah, and the driver. But then, like... That's just so much work afterwards. You need to clean all the models, and then you've got all the leaves in it, like vacuum up. And they're, they're, I don't even know what the leaves are. I think they're just cut up pieces of confetti. It's not that... Like, honestly, there are probably only two shots in this episode, three if I include the one at Knapford, that I would consider groundbreaking or even good about the episode. Are you just in a grumpy mood this morning, Connor, because the weather's horrible The weather is horrible. There's pollen, there's wind. You called me Captain Pedantic yesterday, and that made me feel lesser than you, so, you know. Yeah, just for context, (laughs) listeners, we're recording this on a 39-degree day in Melbourne. That's 39 Celsius, Celsius, which is roughly... Is a scorcher. It's close to 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, close to 100 Fahrenheit. No, in fact, it's above 100 Fahrenheit. Yeah, and for that it's very windy as well. Yeah, so wildfire conditions outside, basically. Yeah, honestly. Mm. And, like, I mean, here in Australia, our second lowest fire rating is high. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then it just goes up from there. And then it goes very high, severe, uh, extreme, and then catastrophic. Yeah. <laughs> I like how we just start end extreme. We just end with, you know, the apocalypse is coming. Yes. <laughs> Cover your things and flee. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's only those three shots that are really and that's why I'm giving it a four. If you want if you want, I'll give it a four point five to make you feel happy. Yes, please, that would make me feel much better. Okay, um, I'll give it a four point two five then. Mm, Meet you halfway. Yeah, um, Let's not get stuck in the mud about it. Yeah. Indeed. We've still got some time on this podcast, so there's something I'd like to raise with Denim and Connor before we wrap up. And oh. that's that's okay. um, the fat controller because he's got several models this season, all yes. with different faces, yeah. uh, d- different styles of clothing in some instances. But but there's no consistency. Like in one scene, he's got these really detailed, angry faces, like we saw in Diesel Does It Again, and here in this one, he looks it, like he hasn't slept for days. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> that one. It's and amazing. here in the episode we've just seen, The Trouble with Mud, it's very basic. He's just got two eyes stuck on and a mouth which is upside down. We don't, we don't see a prominent nose or anything like that. It's just, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. it's an interesting point on the lack of continuity with his models. Yeah, they just use a lot of different fat controllers rather than just... You know, the one or two like they do with the drivers of the engines. It hasn't mm. really bothered me so far. So, 
No, 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 it hasn't bothered me, but it is interesting you bring it up. Yeah. Like, I mean, we see more evidence of this in Missing Christmas Tree, uh, mm. finale of series two, where the uh, fat controller is redressed as Santa Claus, mm. and then we see the two models next to each other, which I always just thought they only had one model, really, and mm. interchangeable heads. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, they have different full-scale bodies for mm. each of them. So, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. It is, yeah. Uh, personal favourite fat controller, though? Of season three? Uh, just, like, body face model. I like when he's in his civilian clothes. Mm. His uh, oh. blue blazer. Yeah, yep. with yeah. his... Um, uh, who has the red and yellow tie? Oxford, Cambridge? Oh, one of them. Yeah. One of them. Yeah, and his beige of... trousers. Yeah, yes, it, it, the beige trousers, always good. You see, for me, it's a mix between his overalls that we see in Cole. Mm. Oh, yeah. Or the one that you mentioned before, Denim, where he hasn't slept in days and he looks like a crazed maniac that's just ready to lash out at any second. I suppose the one that also comes to mind is the one in season five, Lady Hat's birthday party, where his oh, yeah. suit is just torn, torn. he's lost a sleeve, yes. you know, his handkerchief sticking he's, out. He's wearing shorts now, basically. <laughs> that's a very nice model that we never see again, but mm. we've still got another two and a half series to get to that. So yeah. There's a really nice one in series eight where he's uh, in his pyjamas and he's got the pyjama hat as well. Oh, yes. yes. And yes. he's just wearing his suit uh, tail jacket over oh, that but, as well. That's a Halloween episode, isn't it? He's yeah, waking it is, up late yeah. at night because Thomas and Emily haven't, you know... Um, yeah. They've caused a ruckus in the yard. Confusion uh, yeah. and delay. There, there's that's actually the another one where he's dressed up as a wizard. That's another Halloween episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that one. And then in that same episode, there was an alternate scene of that where instead of dressed up as a wizard, he's dressed as the devil. Ooh. And in a magazine article, it says, Did you know the Fat Controller once dressed as Satan himself? <laughs> <laughs> and it said wow. so cavalier. <laughs> but... Did they have Satan himself in bold? Mm. <laughs> I, I don't remember, but it's amazing because you just see him smiling and he's just wearing, like, big red. He's got a tail. He's got the devil horns. And he's got a pitchfork with him. I mean, if the Simpsons can get away with it, so can Thomas the Tank True, <laughs> true. Well, I think that just about wraps it up for this episode of Bright on Track. So. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, joking banter and bloopers aside... <laughs> And uh, remind us again, Connor, what have we covered in our episode today? So, today we have covered Diesel Does It Again, where Diesel has returned. We covered Henry's Forest, where we had the wonderful softer side of Henry. Mm-hmm. We've had The Trouble of Mud, which is a uh, extended version of Leaves from Gorn the Big Engine, the Railway series. Three very different episodes. We've yes. covered a lot across the spectrum of Series 3 uh, this episode. Yes, and in reality... There isn't much of, like, character crossover between them. Like, in Henry's Forest, we have a few of the engines seen in the shed, but apart from that, they could all realistically take place within the same few days. Hmm, they could. And if you want to keep in touch with us at Right On Track, you can do that through Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash Right On Track Thomas Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at tttte underscore Right On Track. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at OnTrackThomas. Mm-hmm. And you can also find us on the SIN website and send us an email. But that is just about all we have time for now. We have to say goodbye. Adios. Bye. Bye.